0: Well, good morning, church. How are you doing today? Good. We're still full of turkey, right? No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm, I'm Nate Kruzik. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I'm, it's good to be with you. Uh, I have the privilege of uh, being uh, over our, our youth ministry and our young adult ministry. So if you're a young adult person, young couples, singles, college student, and you're looking for a life group, a place to get connected, you need to talk to me. You need to find this face somewhere on the even on the uh, on the website and email me get in touch with me we'd love to help get you connected here at new life we want to welcome all of you who are worshiping with us online today as well as you are, who are down in the venue uh, that's typically where i live every sunday i'm down in the venue so i want to say hello to all the people that i typically see so it's good to see all some fresh new faces some of you i've never even seen before and you're going i've never seen you either and i'm not sure i want to but no but it's good man you guys gotta loosen up today this is 11:15. you guys got to sleep in and relax, man. Okay, well, we're glad you're here anyway. And if, if this is your first time visiting because you, you came, one of your family members brought you today, we are glad that you're here. Um, and so, can I pray today? I'm just gonna pray. I feel like we need to pray and get on the same page. Can we do that? All right, cool. Lord Jesus, we love you today. We thank you for who you are. God, would you allow your word to speak truth in life to us? Would you change us today? Let today be a transformation Sunday in our hearts and in our, in our lives. May we leave differently than we showed up today. God, we love you and we thank you. And everyone said... Amen, all right, cool. So we are in our teaching series called Live Dead. We've been here for several weeks now and uh, we've been focusing, one of our theme verses um, that we've been focusing on is called, well, it's Galatians 2.20 and it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I have a life group that meets every week and we've been going through this and I keep asking them what's our theme verse and they have no clue. So uh, hopefully you're better than they are, but they're young people and so they're just like, whatever, Pastor Nate, we'll get it someday. So, but I would encourage you, uh, you know, Put this verse you know, you know, on a mirror or put it on the refrigerator and, and learn it, memorize it, um, let it speak truth in life to you, let it change you today. And so today's topic is sacrifice. Someone like, Pastor Nate, why'd you pick sacrifice on you know, turkey weekend? Like, come on, man, isn't that a little brutal? But no, uh, we've all sacrificed something. How many of you ever sacrificed something for a loved one? Maybe like even hanging Christmas lights. How many husbands out there, you've been asked to do Christmas lights? My wife, she's no different than your wife, probably. She's bugging me. She's going, hey, can you put out Christmas lights? And I'm like, no, come on. I don't want to do Christmas lights. But last Sunday, she came to me and said, hey, I bought some Christmas lights when they were on sale last year, when it was the end of the season. She's like, would you hang some Christmas lights? And guess what? I hung the Christmas lights and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, you know? So husbands, your wife's gonna be nudging you going, see, if he can do it, you can do it. Because my wife likes to call me the Grinch of all holidays. I'm the Grinch, okay? Like, I'm not a festive type of guy, but I'm learning to be because I, like, I love my wife and I want to sacrifice. But we've all made sacrifices, but nothing even comes close to the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross. Amen, church? Yeah. Amen. There's no sacrifice that we can ever pay. And so today, Jesus came as the ultimate and the final sacrifice for our sins, and it's so that, so that we would believe and put our hope and trust into him, and that we'd have eternal life. And so today, we're going to look at what it looks like to be a living sacrifice, and we're going to focus it on, uh, on a point that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was so that God can demonstrate mercy to sinners. We have to get that today. That without Jesus, there's no way for us to be made right with God. In the Old Testament, we see sacrifices that were made with goats and rams, but those weren't good enough. And so Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. And so, Jesus, or so God wanted to redeem all of humanity through Jesus. And so Jesus became our mercy. Jesus became mercy to sinners, And then for us who believe and we put our hope and our trust in him, we would worship God and spread mercy to the world so that more people can come to know Jesus. If you're looking for like, what's my purpose in life? That's it. It's to make Jesus known. It's to surrender your life to the Lord and bring others to Jesus because of the mercy and the grace that you've experienced through Jesus. Amen? So one of the verses that we're gonna look at is gonna help us figure out how we should live and and get us to this place of letting our lives be a living sacrifice. So Romans, if you got your Bibles today, Romans chapter 12, verse one, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So leave this scripture up real quick. We're talking about the mercies of God. The mercies of God is Jesus to all of humanity, and he says, "Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable." But before we can present our bodies as a living sacrifice, we have to be a people that are surrendered to the Lord and live a life of worship unto God. So, the first thing we must understand as Christians: our mercifulness it flows out our out of our worshipfulness. There's a lot of people in our in our culture today that have social agendas. They want to help the needy. They want to reach the needy. Those are all great things, all great causes, great things to do. But what they're really doing is they're actually leaving, they're only helping them be comfortable temporarily. And they're leaving them hopeless and stranded spiritually because they're not rooted in Jesus. Today, I'm all, Christianity is all about being merciful don't, don't hear me wrong. We should be a merciful people. But we've got to be rooted in Jesus Christ. If we just meet a felt need and we leave them with that, what good did we do? Because this life is but a, but a vapor, the Bible says, and we're just here temporarily. We need to meet the need physically if there's a need, but we need to leave them healthy spiritually. We need to leave them in a place where, man, I want a relationship with Jesus. I desire that relationship that you have. That's gotta be our focus. We have to be rooted in worshiping and serving Jesus first. Because when our mercy, our mercy, when our mercy is salted and lit with Jesus, it allows hope to be experienced beyond what this world can offer, and eternal life can be received that outlives this life. But when our mercy isn't salted or lit with Jesus, it's like putting a band-aid over a deadly disease. And nobody's going to call that mercy. So can you see where we're going today, church? We're talking about a sacrifice that was paid, a mercy that was given to humanity. We receive it, and then we're supposed to dispense of the mercy with our hands and our feet through Jesus Christ, drawing all men and women to Christ. So we have to understand that the need of all humanity is who? It's Jesus. All of humanity needs Jesus, which is the mercy from God. And nine times out of ten, how is the mercy going to get from God to the people, to humanity? You're looking at them, baby. Look at the person next to you say, it's you. Oh, man, we are quiet, man. Venue, come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's you. Thank you. It's you. It's you and I. We are the hands and feet of mercy extended to the world. It's not like that there's going to be a burning bush. It's like, no. Ah! Or it's going to be some angel dropping out of the sky. No, God uses human beings like you and I. I mean, I'm not qualified, but I'm thankful that he wants to use me. And hopefully you're thankful like, yeah, God wants to use me. So the mission of all of us that we have to keep in front of our hearts and our minds is this, to let your lives be a living sacrifice of worship unto God and allow mercy to flow through us in Jesus' name. That's our mission. If you're looking for anything, that's it. So how do we do it? We're going to continue to dig into Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God to present your bodies. I'm a pretty simple guy. When I was a little kid, my mom used to sing, you know, children's rhymes to me. So, you know, I have those things in my head. I grew up in church, and so I have all kinds of, you know, you know, Jesus songs in my head, but there's one song that I go back to. Many of you know it. Some of you haven't probably sing it to your kids in a while, but after this you're going to be like, "Oh, that's it. I'm going to sing it to my kid. How many people know the hokey-pokey? Yeah, come on. You know, you put your right arm in, you put your right arm out, you put your right arm in, and you shake it all about, you do the hokey-pokey, and you, okay, I won't turn around. But at the end of the song, what's it say? Put your whole self in. And I think this is a perfect picture of what Paul is saying. Present your bodies. Put your whole self in. Give your whole self over to God. He's talking about your lips. He's talking about your tongue. He's talking about your hands. He's talking about your feet. He's talking about your sexuality. The food that you eat, the the clothes that you wear, the place that you go on vacation. God desires all of you for his glory. We've got to put all of ourselves in. That's what it's talking about. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. All of me for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of who? God. Whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. But we can't think, church, for a moment that we're able to separate what we do with our body from worship unto God. We can't do it. So many of us, we want to do it, but we can't. See, worship is what you do on Monday in the office with your coworkers. Worship is how you treat your coworkers on a Tuesday. See, worship isn't just on a Sunday morning at church. And if we separate that, we miss something big. And James chapter 1 says this You're only fooling yourself if you think that you can live that way. You can't separate. This body is for worship to God, period. See, God wants not just a lip service, He wants heart service, and He wants our behavior. So today, present your behavior, present your body to the Lord. The reason you and I have a body is to make Jesus known. I I hang out and I talk to a lot of college students, young adults, and they're always asking me, like, "What's, what's my purpose in life? To make Jesus known. That's why you were designed. That's why you're created. Some of them work at Sunshine World and they change diapers. I'm like, do it all to the glory of God, baby. Change that diaper. If it's picking up trash, if it's wrenching on a car, do it for the glory of God. See, our behavior should look and sound and be different than those who don't follow Jesus. We shouldn't have to lie to a customer to sell a product. Many of us probably have coworkers that are like, hey, I got to make the sale. I don't care however I have to do it. I'm going to do it. See, our home should be a home of peace and love, not a, not a home of hate and hurt. Forgiveness should flow from our lips, not bitterness and grudges. We should sound and look different. And it's when our behaviors line up with Jesus that we're modeling why he came to show mercy and to show the world the way to eternal life. When we live different, we're showing the world, hey, there's a better way. There's a different way. I know you might not totally understand all of it, but when, when we live different, we're showing the mercy and the love of God. And hopefully it's attractive to them that causes them want to make Jesus the Lord and the leader of their life. So my question is, are you modeling His mercy with your hands, with your speech, with your facial expressions, with your life. So what does that even look like? To show mercy. I'm sure we've all met people that have a felt need, who are in need of something. Should we help? Absolutely. The church should be on the leading, on the front end of mercy. But, but... We should lead to Christ. We should lead him to Jesus. So how does it look? Maybe it sounds like this in somebody's life. I used to hold grudges, but because of the mercy of Jesus, I can now forgive. I'm changed. He can do the same for you. That's his mercy we are to model with our bodies. So allow him to flow in you and flow out of you. Romans 12, 1, and another part says it will be a living sacrifice. So when we, all, when we think of sacrifice, what do we typically think of? Death, right? But that's not at all what Paul's talking about here. Yes, there will always be martyrs who die for the cause of Christ. Absolutely. We've got mission trips coming up. Okay, in the last service, people are like, dude, don't say this. But really, some of us are going to go on mission trips, and we have the potential to never come home. That's the reality there will be people who always die as a martyr for Christ Jesus. But that's not Paul, that's not what Paul's talking about here. He says, You are living, you are alive. So, real quick, turn to your neighbor and ask him, Are they breathing? Right, are you alive? Maybe check their pulse. First on the, uh, are, you know, We're alive, he says. You're living, let your living. So let your living be offered up as a, a living sacrifice to the Lord. I'm alive, you're alive. Matthew 5, 16 says this, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Now I get it, not every one of you is merciful. If I were to ask your spouse or someone who's close to you and I'd be like, hey, are they a merciful person? They'd be like, no way, no way. But I get it, not all of us are merciful. I'm not always the most merciful person. But God's word says if we'll ask, he will faithfully faithfully give it to us. He'll give us the mercies that we're lacking. And the fruits of the Spirit are really what I'm talking about. The mercies that we should let shine out. So let your love shine out for all to see. Let your your joy, let your peace, let patience shine out for the world to see. Let your goodness, your kindness, your gentleness, your self-control. Let your faithfulness for your church and for God. Some of you, you work with people that don't know Jesus. And they show up on a Monday after being with family all weekend for Thanksgiving, and they're going, it was a train wreck. We have the most dysfunctional family. I can't believe Uncle Harold said that to everybody. You know what I'm saying? They might be just totally awry, and they show up, and you can step up and go, hey, you know what? Man, can I pull you into my office? Op-? Can we pray together? I believe God cares about you and values you, and whatever dysfunction and mess that you're, what's going on at home, I believe God wants to be in the center of it. You know what I'm saying, church? That's what it looks like to be a, a living sacrifice of God, to God, to, to love people right where they're at. I mean, if I were to ask my neighbors, I just moved into a neighborhood, I've been only living there a, a year, but if you were to ask some of my neighbors, hey, do you, can you see if, do you know if Nate loves Jesus? Some of them, I've talked about Jesus, Absolutely. Others of them, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm in a club with a bunch of guys. If you were to ask some of them, they would be like, oh, I didn't even know that guy. <laughs> I don't even know that he does love Jesus. But there are guys in my, in my group that I have been able to talk about the Lord with. So whether some know and some don't, my heart is that my life would be a living sacrifice of praise unto God, period. I want my life to bring praise to God. And I hope that's what your heart is as well. A couple months ago, I was talking to some of our, our couples in our life group um, that meets on Tuesday nights at our house, and we were dialoguing, and we were going over the sermon-based material, and we were hanging out And at the end, and I was talking to a couple of them, and a couple asked me, like, hey, so why do you go to church? And, well, they knew that I was the pastor. I'm like, well, I'm a pastor, so I, I have to be there, but I choose to go as well. But they're like, well, you know, what, what, what drew you to, to going to church? And, and I got to share. I was like, man, before, before Jesus... I, I was a mean guy. And even now, if, if I'm not surrounding myself with godly people and God's word, I can be a, a mean guy. I can be a very selfish person. I, I don't have to care about your needs. I only have to focus on myself. Anybody there, you know? It's very easy for me just to focus on me and forget about you. And, and so I was like, man, there's, I, I get easily frustrated. There's all these things that the list goes on and on and I was like, man, that's why I need Jesus. That's why I go to church. Because when I go to church, man, something, the presence of God changes me. God's word changes me. It gives me a new perspective. It gives me purpose. It gives me hope. It gives me joy. And one of them said, man, that's why I, that's why I go to church. Because I don't like who I am when I'm not, when I don't have the presence of God in my life. So if you can be honest with yourself and say, hey, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. And if you can identify and go, man, I've got some rough edges on me. And if you'll open your heart to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and speak and begin to transform you and shape you and help you die to yourself, I promise you, church will be amazing. For some of us, we, we get caught up and go, man, I've heard that sermon before. And we miss the whole point of God's word. And we, and we shut ourselves off. But Jesus loves, he cares, he's in the transforming business of mercy. But we have to be open to say, God, I'm gonna put my whole self in and I'm gonna let you, let you shake me a little bit. I'm gonna let you transform me and shape me. But for us, it's this, God, can I trust you? And we put our whole self in. Today, God is asking of us, will you put your whole self in? Don't compartmentalize your life of what you do at work or what you do on the weekends. Not as worship unto me. It is worship unto me. So allow yourself to be set apart. Romans 12, the last part is holy and acceptable to God. God. So what what is, what is holiness? What does the, the word holy even mean? It means to be set apart for the service of God. Romans 6, 13 is, is a great piece of scripture that I think just lays it all out what it means to live holy for the Lord. It says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God for you are dead, but now you have new life. So, use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We've got to set ourselves apart for the service of God. When the enemy wants to come and tempt and distract and cause us to use this body for evil, when somebody wrongs you and you want to just lash out at them, that's not the right response. And with Christ as the filter, People get Jesus, and they don't get just me. Amen? The world doesn't need Nate Kriesick. The world doesn't need just you. But the world needs Jesus flowing through you. Amen? When the world sees you, they should see Jesus. I mean, if you like Halloween, it should be Halloween every day, dressed up as Jesus. Yeah. When you show up at work, people should see Jesus go, man, people should see Jesus in us and through us. So I want to encourage us today, serve God with your body. Serve God with your resources. What does that mean? What's a resource? Maybe it's your home. Maybe God's blessed you with an awesome home, and it's a place that God can use as a host home for a life group. Maybe you're a guy and you have a lot of toys. You know what I'm saying? Manly man, toys. You've got toys. Use them for God's glory. Maybe there's a, a woman in here or a man in here who likes to cook and bake. Allow yourself to use the gifts and the talents that God's given you to disciple and develop the hearts of young people. Use your resources that God has given. Use your passions that God has given you to share the love. Of Jesus Christ with others around you. We should let the world see the value and the worth of God through the way we live. Before I wrap up, I want to share this one scripture found in Titus that just really sums up this mercy piece. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we had done. But because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. It's the mercy of God. How many of us deserve it? None of us do. None of us do. But he freely gave. Jesus became mercy. So, in return, what's my response? To give myself back. There's a story of a little boy who used to go around and sell newspapers. It was, a, it was a snowy Sunday morning. He was out trying to sell newspapers. Nobody was out and about because it was snowing and it was cold. He's wandering through the neighborhoods, and he comes to this, comes to this church. He'd seen the church before, and he's like, man, I'm really cold. I, need to, I should go inside. He's like, maybe I can just sit on the back row, and I can just get warmed up and catch some sleep, catch up on some sleep. And so he's sitting on the back row, and he's listening to the pastor preach. And the pastor begins to talk about the saving grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus, and how Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins. And he began to think, and he began to ponder and he began to listen even more intently to the story of the pastor. At the end of the sermon, the pastor took an offering, and the little boy was sitting on the back, and when the offering plate came to him, he's like, "Man, I got no money. nobody's even bought any papers from me today. I've nothing to give." But he was so compelled by what he heard from the pastor he said... I got something to give. And so he picks up the offering plate and he walks down to the front in front of the pastor and he says, Pastor, if this Jesus who you're talking about gave his life for me, well then the only thing I can do is give myself to him. And he put himself in the offering plate. Today Jesus isn't asking for your money. Jesus isn't even asking for your resources. Jesus is asking for your life. Will you let your life be a living sacrifice unto the Lord? Will you let your life be a a life song of worship unto the Lord? Will you allow your behaviors, your body, the things that you do with it, be an offering of praise to the Lord? That he gets all the glory, that he gets all the honor, and that others around you may see Jesus in you. Today, church, would you stand with me as we wrap up and as we pray? Jesus, day. we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness to come and to die. But not die, but to rise again so that we may have eternal life. Lord, we know that this life is very temporary. But we know that we've been designed to live for forever. Jesus, may we take this moment today as you remind us and as you speak to us. To make this crucial decision to live forever for you, to make you the Lord and the leader of our life. So, God, that we, we may spend eternity with you. God, today, may we understand and grasp this mercy that you gave to us. May we not take it for granted. But, God, may we be people on a Thanksgiving weekend. May we be reminded and grateful and thankful for what you've done for us. not leaving us separated from you, but redeeming us and drawing us to yourself. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, which are new each and every day. Today, Lord, as we worship, may we respond in an attitude and a heart of worship back to you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And everyone said, amen.